stress. Doesn't mean that I don't get stressed out. I do. I get really stressed out sometimes. And when I do, I get cranky. I just get impatient and angry and, well, just more impatient than normal, I guess you could say. Um, and I've always tried to do more than I probably should. I should probably learn how to dial it back. I remember in my undergrad, whenever I was scheduling my classes, there was kind of a course load limit, so you could only take so many classes, and I would just max out that number, which was a few classes more than what people would typically take to be a kind of a full-time student. And when the university said, oh, I'm not allowed to take any more than those, uh, that number of credits per semester, I would get special permission from my professors to actually take more classes, more credits than uh, I probably should have. And during that time, I was always looking for work. I was always looking for new jobs, new experiences, new things to try out. So uh, in my undergrad, I worked everything from like a gas station attendant to a cook to a waiter to uh, I worked at an ice cream stand at a swimming pool for one summer. I worked as a research assistant and as a teaching assistant. And a lot of times I was working three or even four jobs in addition to a full course load. So I would leave in the morning, uh, bright and early, maybe for an 8 a.m. class or to start a shift around 7, and I wouldn't get back home until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, after night school or after working a late shift. And this was just normal for me. This is the routine that I kind of started my professional career um, doing. And I figured kind of everyone else did it that way. I mean, I obviously got some reinforcement from people who were kind of working with me and saying, wow, you're doing a whole lot. But I never really thought of it as being particularly unique or different or unusual. And so when I couldn't do, when I couldn't manage that kind of a workload, for example, maybe it was the summer or it was like over the December holiday, um, I would just get really disconsolate. I would just become overwhelmingly bored and, well, not a little bit depressed. Uh, it would really affect me psychologically. And so kind of maintaining a constant level of stress was absolutely normal for me. That was just the de rigueur. It was something I did day in, day out, seven days a week, was uh, dealing with this constant state of stress. And this was all the way from the time I was a, a late teenager, so 18, 19 years old. And I would love to report that now I've turned over a new leaf and my life is completely different, but that would be a complete lie. I did, however, during the last 20 years, learn a lot of different techniques and kind of lessons and tools for dealing with stress. One of the earliest that I can remember, at least, was uh, with one of my voice teachers. This is a person named Dr. Tom Hauser. Uh, Dr. Hauser was an amazing voice teacher. He was just, he was kind of at the top of his game. He had a home studio in a rural area of Pennsylvania. And you'd walk into his studio, and it was just very well appointed as an academic and music teacher's studio you could imagine it would look like. There was a little piano kind of off to the side, and then stand for your sheet music in the middle of the room. And you'd walk in, and he'd sit behind the piano, and he'd greet me and um, ask me about my day. Now, I was traveling at the time about two hours one way to take lessons with him, so it was a really prestigious opportunity. Um, and it definitely cost more than I should have been able to afford, but, you know, 
I was young and I was just trying to make uh, make it as a musician. So for me, it was definitely worth the the kind of investment. And so when you'd start a lesson, he would, uh, in the most in the calmest and most gentle way possible, he'd lead you through some warm up exercises, and then continue about the day's lessons. And as I got to know him, I found out that he was actually way way busier than he kind of let on. Music lessons with him were always so such a calm and kind of tranquil affair, and so I just imagined that he was kind of doing that all day, and that was his main job and everything like that. But come to find out, he was um, traveling constantly. He had students all over the U.S. and some of the most elite and premier performers in opera and in uh, classical music. So I, I had to ask him one day, I, I asked him, Dr. Hauser, like, how do you manage to keep it all together? How do you manage uh, so many students all over the place? How do you manage the travel and just the dedication and all the stress? And he gave me one piece of advice that really stuck with me. And I think it's advice that one of his teachers gave him actually. And it's kind of simple and it's a little bit esoteric, so it's kind of abstract, but he just said, let the stress flow through you. So it's a kind of a Zen way of approaching life, you know, you just let it flow. Um, but I kind of understood what he meant. I got the basic gist that I couldn't kind of get bottled up with the tension and the, the stress of day-to-day -day life. And so... Uh, I was taking an Asian philosophy course at the time, and so if you could imagine an undergraduate course packing up all of Asia's philosophies into one, what that might mean. Um, but it, it kind of resonated, his advice resonated with me because of some of the things I'd learned in that course. And so I tried to keep that kind of a mindset, and it served me really well through my undergrad and even through graduate school and in my doctorate. I, I still think about that just basic mantra, let things flow through you. And in the last few years, I started learning about this concept of self-care. And uh, I, I can't remember hearing about self-care earlier than about like 2015 or 16. I'm sure it was a thing. I just don't remember hearing people talk about it very much. But since then, I think people have been really talking about it a lot. And certainly since the pandemic, uh, I think self-care has really <laughs> has been something we've all really focused in on because uh, we're all suffering under the same kind of um, challenges. And so we've all had to kind of take an inward look at what we can do to just preserve our our sanity and our sense of self. So uh, self-care is a pretty easy concept to kind of initially grasp. It's just taking care of yourself. So when somebody says, take care, I think that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, hey, you take care of yourself because you know it's, uh, it's a tough world sometimes. Um, but like most things in my life, at least, when somebody tells me to do something, I do it to the nth degree possible. So when somebody says, uh, take care of yourself, I will do it with intensity, um, which isn't exactly good for de-stressing or kind of alleviating your stress. So um, I've had to take different approaches. And one thing that I've started doing recently has really helped me out, and that's just... Um, processing stress, processing anxiety by physically activating my body. And that might be really tough if you're struggling with depression or anything like that. 
But for me, when I'm when I'm uh, experiencing anxiety or I get that initial trigger of what uh, something that might make me um, upset. Uh, what can really help is just activating my body. And uh, it's not to say that I haven't exercised, you know, before. I've, I've always tried to exercise, not, not always successfully. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a different thing to uh, kind of go for a walk every day. Like I go for a walk every morning around 6 a.m. and I just walk along the river and it's very beautiful, very tranquil. And actually, I look forward to it every day. It's something that really helps me kind of set my mind uh, f- to go about the day's, uh, the day's work. But when I experience a trigger uh, just throughout my day, maybe it's an email from somebody that is upsetting me or maybe it's just uh, being, fr- being frustrated about not being able to do something that I wanted to do, uh, anything like that, and I feel that sudden surge and my heart starts beating fast, I always try to just stop whatever I'm doing and get my body moving. So it might be like hanging up laundry or something like that, or it might be I, sometimes I'll just sit down and do like five push-ups or 10 push-ups and just kind of get that momentary surge of endorphins that come with moving your body. And that kind of corrects it, it kind of readjusts my, my thinking and my mentality. And a lot of times that's enough to kind of stave off that anxiety and that initial onset of panic. So that sort of thing really has helped me lately to relieve my stress. So the takeaway is kind of simple here. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. So I let my stress and anxiety accumulate over the course of 20 years in my career before I finally started taking care of myself and setting and being intentional about my self-care. So don't do it like that. Uh, start at the earliest part of your career, developing the tools that you'll need to cope with stress. Because the reality is, I, it doesn't matter if you're at your university, you just graduated, or you're 5, 10, 15 years into your career, chances are your life is going to become more stressful before it becomes less stressful. So you need those tools as you get older. And so as your responsibilities increase and as the importance of what you're doing increases, uh, you'll have those tools at your disposal to deal with situations, deal with those stressors, deal with maybe anxiety in a very constructive way, in a way that's reinforcing your healthy behaviors and your healthy patterns. And when you do so, you'll find that the stress that you may experience in uh, just the smallest things earlier in your career suddenly just starts to melt away.